0: okay so every blessing to you all and welcome back to another open-air video my last video that I made was entitled Mary the mother of all sinners what every Catholic must know and I'm going to call this video Jesus secret family what every Catholic must know a couple loose ends to tie up I guess from the first video but my observation over the last 14 years since I got saved was that no matter what you say to people no matter what truth you present to people no matter how much time you spend with people when it comes to trying to present the truth to them if the system works for them nine times out of ten they will stay in that system even the Holy Spirit's working on that person trying to get that person to come out from a false system if it works for them they will stay with it that's horrifying to have to say but it's true it could be the JW's it could be the Mormons it could be the Catholics it could be Freemasonry it could be evolution it could be anything and anyone it makes no difference who you are where you are if it works for you the chances are you will stay in that system absolutely devastating please go to Mark chapter three like I say some loose ends to tie up so let's see what the word of God will show us today and uh... I do appreciate that if you are a Catholic, if you actually put one hour and 13 minutes aside to watch my video, and hope you did, and if you did, thank you very much. I do appreciate that for some of you, it may have been quite a lot to take on board because you have been told since day one that Mary was a perpetual virgin. I was told that, but the truth of the matter is she was not. Yes, she's saved, yes, she's in heaven today, but you've got to break that bond with Mary. Come to the foot of the cross, receive our blessed Son, and He's more than enough for you. And once you have received Him, get into the Word of God. Mark chapter 3, look at verse 21, please. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He's beside himself. This term for friends means acquaintances or extended family. And like I said last time, for most of his life, For all of his ministry, apart from one brother, none of his family believed on him. Mary seemed to struggle at times to grasp the enormity of Christ's ministry, which is quite understandable, but his brothers and his sisters did not believe on him. On top of that, they said he is beside himself. I remember some years ago speaking to a brother, who's now with the Lord, and he got saved later in life, and his family thought he'd lost his mind. They wanted to detain him and put him in a mental institution. They thought he needed psychiatric help. And as years went by, they realized that he was quite sane. And the truth be known, they were the ones that were suffering from insanity. He died, went to be with the Lord, and his family, so as I know, are still unsaved. But it says, and when his friends, acquaintances, family, extended family, no doubt, heard of it, concerning his ministry, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he's beside himself. Not only did they not believe on him, which is pretty bad, pretty difficult to have to deal with. Hey Jesus, your own family don't believe on you, and yet you expect us to believe on you. But on top of that, they thought he lost his mind. And this is the truth of the matter, that until the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, until he regenerates you, this message goes right over your heads and you probably think I'm somewhat insane for standing here on a hot, sunny afternoon, around 80 degrees uh, Celsius, preaching about Jesus Christ. Well, he changed my life, he did something for me, and therefore, if he changed my life, if he did something for me, he might change your life. He might do something for you. So it took time for his family, I think, to come to the truth of who he was. And as I said last time, Mary had around six other children, at least one, Jude, Judas, Judah, believed on him. And he became his disciple, and over the next several years, as I say, his brothers and sisters believed on him as well. Also, when I said uh, the commentary concerning John 19, with John being entrusted to take Mary to be his own spiritual mother, The Lord knew that by Acts chapter 12, James, the son of Zebedee, John's brother, of course, will be martyred. Hence why the Lord said to John, take Mary into your own home. And that's what he did with the uh, six siblings. And I think if Mary was around 50 years old, say 30 AD, then no doubt by the time the epistles were being written, she was dead and buried. Her role ceased the moment she gave birth. To the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, to listen to some of these Catholic apologists, they almost worship the woman. In fact, I remember speaking to a woman on the streets about seven months ago. Took a tract, walked a few yards, and uh, stopped, turned around, and said to me, Why does this tract say ex Catholics of Christ? What's it all about? So I said, Well, I was a Catholic, now I'm a Christian. Why is that, she said. I said, Well, the Catholic Church teaches you need to be saved through a system. And on top of that, you can't even know you're saved until you die. And i said to the word of god says we're saved by believing on what christ did for us not what we do for him so she said to me but you do believe in our blessed virgin don't you (laughs) and i said no not at all why not she said you know she's quite uh sharp with me and i said well she can't hear your prayers she's in heaven of course but she didn't do anything for us i mean once she gave birth to the son of god the savior of the world her role ceased she went mad and she started pacing up and down the street and uh I said, look, you need to be born again. The Catholic Church can't save you. No church can save you. And people say, are you in the one true church? There's only one church, according to the Word of God, and it's a body of Christ. Turn to Mark chapter 6. So I don't think i be getting any, any Christmas cards from her. Mark chapter 6. You meet so many people on the streets. And yet, as I say, if something works for such people, they will stick with it. You know, I spent hours witnessing to Mormons and Masons, and JWs, and Catholics over the years. And I've, I've shown them all the truths about their, you know, false religions and how they can't save themselves, and how the men that set up the whole system were wicked from top to bottom. And yet, in spite of all that, they still won't repent. They won't believe the gospel, because A, it's gonna cost them something to do so, and B, it works for them. And yet Paul knew what it was all about. He lost everything to follow the Lamb. In fact, he said it was done uh, from Philippians chapter 3, I believe it is. Uh, Mark 6, look at verse 4, please. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honour, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and his own house. How true that was. I mean, just think for a moment. Jesus goes to a local school. He's raised with all of the other Jewish boys and girls, and yet I think they knew there was something different about him. Sure, word got around that Mary had conceived him under, shall we say, uh, unusual circumstances. We know, of course, it was a virgin birth, but there's always been something different about him. And as he grows up, he has friends that he associates with, and yet he doesn't quite fit in. There's something different about him. So when it tells me a prophet is not without honour, but in his own, but his own country, and among his own kin, and his own house, I completely understand it. Some of you are trying to get your friends and family saved. You've been trying for years, and it's tough, isn't it? <clears throat> because they remember you before you were saved. And sometimes they throw what memories they have back in your face. But you said this, but you did that. I remember that time when you did this, or you did that. They never quite forget, do they? Look at five. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. They wouldn't come to him to be healed, and therefore he couldn't heal them, because they thought they knew best. Six. And he marvelled because of their unbelief. And he went around the villages teaching. You are saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are condemned by not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But take these verses, Mark 3, Mark 6, and you get a clear, vivid picture of the Lord's struggle in the early days of his ministry, going right up until his death on the cross. And yet, that's a great picture, is it not, of his long suffering, his perseverance with you and I, putting up with all of our sin, until we eventually repented and got saved go to John 14 please John chapter 14 uh, look at verse 22 Judas saith unto him not Iscariot Lord how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world Judas Jude Judah his half-brother Here's a good question Lord how is it that you will manifest, you will reveal yourself, you will declare yourself unto us, being the apostles, being the church, but not unto the world. Well, the world is under a curse. John 17, Christ as a high priest, told you that he doesn't pray for the world. He wouldn't pray for the world. He has no interest in praying for the world because the world is under the judgments of God. But he prayed for those that the Father had given him concerning the apostles to be precise, 23, Jesus answered, I said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If you love him, you will obey him. Take 22 and 23, you've got, on the one hand, salvation being offered to the world, which is what we call provision, and you have the apostles who appropriated it. They received it. They got saved. Does the Lord love the world? Yes, but it's conditional on receiving a son. Until you receive it, you are under the judgment of God. It's like being uh, found guilty and you are on death row. And the judge has examined you and he said, uh, he said to you, there's no hope for you, I'm going to send you to death. And you're waiting to be put to death. And at 11, the 11th hour, the judge says, I'm going to pardon you. That pardon, of course, comes through Jesus Christ. No one else and nothing else. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Mary had many children, as I say six, um, after Jesus was born. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, they were married, which means that Mary could quite possibly have been a nana. Nana Mary, how about that? (laughs) 1 Corinthians 9, verse five, please. Have you not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? And as a brethren of the Lord and Cephas. The brethren of the Lord, could be James, could be uh, Jude, could be Simon, could be Joseph, Jr., were married. They had wives. And I think the statistics would suggest that some of them probably had children as well. So why wouldn't Mary be a grandmother? What's so wrong with that? Or I only and Barnabas have we not power to forbear working? He says, Cephas was married being Peter of course the so-called first Pope of Rome I don't think the brethren of the Lord were married so why can't we get married he's saying why aren't we able to enjoy the blessings of uh, being married with children or living off the ministry which he later goes on to say in this text go to Galatians chapter 2 seven children including Jesus if just half of those children, excluding Jesus, of course, had children, the Mary was a grandmother, Nana Mary. How about that? Galatians chapter 1, look at 18, please. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Paul would have known if the Lord had brothers or not. And he tells you, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that James was the Lord's brother. This James would write the epistle of James, like I said last time, and this James was a leader in the early church. Chapter 2, verse 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. James, Cephas, and John. James being the Lord's half-brother again, John being the son of Zebedee, who took Mary to be a spiritual mother, and he became a spiritual son, no more than that. Cephas being Peter, of course, who seemed to be pillars, leaders in the early church, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me Barnabas and myself, the right hands of fellowship. So, Paul would go to the Gentiles, and Peter would go to the Jews, which is kind of interesting if you are a Catholic following Peter, because here, your man, the first pope so-called, was sent to the Jews, and yet most Catholics are Gentiles. 10, only there would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. Always remember the poor, nothing wrong with that. Go to Acts 21, but don't neglect the gospel. Preach the gospel. There are enough people doing good works, enough people uh, taking care of physical needs, and I'm not against that. But when it uh, concerns the neglection of the gospel, then as far as I'm concerned, it is not only sinful, but it's humanist. You need to feed people's uh, physical needs. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. But how about the spiritual needs? I always say to Patrick that when we go on the streets, we do something which most churches don't do. We preach the gospel. And most churches in our town take care of the physical needs of people, which I'm all for. But why not take care of the spiritual needs as well? I mean, we do both. We will preach the gospel, and also we will feed people. We will clothe people. But in eternity, what's gonna be more important? The gospel or taking care of the physical needs? Acts 21. Look at verse 18, please. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. James, according to church history, was called camel knees, and he was called camel knees because he would pray. He would pray until he prayed. He would pray so much that his knees uh, resembled those of a camels. And according to tradition, he was martyred. his faith in the Lord. But James is an interesting character because James is what we may call a legalist. He's somewhat confused about law and grace like most Christians are. Most Christians are confused about what grace actually is. They think that grace is given to you as a gift and you start off receiving it. But if you mess up, if you go astray, that somehow you lose your salvation, that somehow you forfeit your salvation and therefore they I really teach that you need to save yourself. What they're really saying is, is that you and Jesus are somehow partners in your atonement, which of course is heresy. 19, and when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. The early church were predominantly Jewish, and I think they would have been thrilled, and sometimes perplexed as well, as to a, Gentiles being saved, because as far as Jews were concerned, Gentiles were unclean animals, and be how one of their own, being Paul, had been so successful in winning Gentiles to the Lord. 20. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou sayest, Brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. That probably wasn't true if I know Paul, but paul probably made the case that uh if you were doing those things if you were circumcising your children it wouldn't save you anyway because christ came to fulfill the law in fact you were told at uh, the 11th chapter of matthew matthew 11:13, 13 how all the law and the prophets were until john the baptist which concludes the old covenant and yet you get some prophets raised up during the inter period, period uh, like agabus and uh, some other people in actually apostles to affirm the apostles' credentials, if you will, to fill in any gaps until the New Testament was written. But here James is concerned that many Jewish people have believed and yet they are zealous and he wants Paul to do something for him. 22, what is it there for? The multitude must need to come together. For they were here that thou art come. There was no need for this really. But like I say, James was a saved Jew. He was the Lord's half-brother and yet he's far from infallible. Like his mother when uh, the lord went missing she had no idea where he was and uh, she made the mistake of saying to the lord your father and i have been looking for you and he rebuked her for that 23 do therefore this that we say to thee we are four men which have a vow on them take them and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things, well, if they were informed concerning thee, are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law." Paul didn't keep the law. Now listen, Solomon told you back in the Old Testament how there isn't a just man on the face of the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. You are saved by faith. And here James should have known better but James, like most people, got it wrong. Twenty-five. As touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and fornication. Concerning the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing. True, from chapter fifteen, and yet he goes on to say to Paul, that he wants him to prove to the Jewish remnant that all was well, that Paul was still a faithful son of Abraham, and yet in Galatians chapter 2, Paul would condemn Peter for this very thing. James was a good man, but James had two natures, like you have, like I have, and James needed to be disciplined, he needed to be discipled, he needed to be kindly rebuked if you will 26 then Paul took the men and the next day purifying himself with them entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them Paul to his credit didn't have to do that and yet he chose to do that and therefore he would tell you in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 how he'd be all things to all people Jews and Gentiles in order to save some. Now I'm not against that But I think we need to draw a line when it it comes to sinning or cheapening the grace of God. I think we can reach out to people. I think we can present the truth to people. I think we should do that. But I don't like the idea of heavily compromising or somehow questioning the word of God. Paul was a Jew, so to be fair to him, he walked a fine line. And yet, what's Galatians all about? Are you foolish Galatians who have bewitched you? No, i'm fearful of you did you receive the holy ghost by the deeds of the law being circumcised uh, going to the temple going to the synagogue or by the hearing of faith of course you know it's the latter because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so these verses that you've got today as far as i can see make it very clear that james was saved and yet far from perfect was in error was guilty of legalism his mother a godly saved woman and yet that's all she was, a godly saved woman. And that's why I think John was asked to look after her because she was getting on in years as well, around 50ish, which in the first century was, for some women, you know, quite an age to uh, have reached. On top of that, she's got six children. And according to First Corinthians 9, some of those children got married. And therefore it's obvious, it's obvious to me that they would have had children. So she's a grandmother, but by the time the epistles are written, she's probably died and therefore John looks after her until she dies. That you were told, were you not, in the first few chapters of Acts of the Apostles, how Peter and James are working hand in hand. They're going everywhere, preaching the gospel. And yet John seems to vanish from Acts of the Apostles. Mary no doubt dies. Her children grow up, have uh, families, have children, and off they go into the world. And I appreciate that. What What I'm telling you today, when I told you last time, is probably... To some of you nothing new the best christian the best protestant brains dealt with this around the time of the reformation and they put their case forward as to why the worship of mary is heresy and the best catholic brains and the best high anglican brains put their case forward as to why she sh- she can be worshipped why she should be prayed to. so what it comes down to is this that you need to work this out for yourself and i will say you need to be a good berean take the time to study to see if what i'm telling you is true or not but i will say this one more time that my painful experience has been that if something works for you uh, whether it's true or not makes a no difference if it works for you you will stay with it and that is the truth is it not and uh, just be careful not to fall into the trap of worshiping mary give jesus christ the glory if you are saved keep trying to win catholic friends and family to the lord And if you are a catholic in this system come out of it you were told to do so in revelation 18:4 and second corinthians Chapter 6, 14 down to 18. That's all. The Lord bless you all, and Maranatha.